guys. Welcome back to Typically Peachy. How's everyone doing? Happy Thursday. If it's Thursday for you, how's your week going? Are you having fun? Has it been productive? Are you tired? Are you ready for the weekend? That's what's new with me. I'm ready for the weekend. I have just been so tired this week, and I think in part that is because I had a very fun, very exciting weekend last weekend. Like I told you guys on last week's episode, my brother's birthday was on Monday, and me and my sister decided to fly into LA to surprise him for his birthday. It was his 30th birthday, so it was a big one, so we could not let that go and celebrate it in a very big way. So we went there, we had so much fun, I'll talk to you guys a bit about that later in this episode, but that definitely exhausted me in the best way. It was so completely worth it, and honestly I wish I could have stayed longer. That's a feeling that I get whenever I go to LA, because I lived there, because I have friends there that I never get to see. Whenever I do go, I think, man, Emma, you should have just extended this trip, so you could have done more while you were there. But we still did a lot. And one thing that I will say that I'm so glad that I did get to do that was not related to my brother's birthday while I was there was finally ship some of the stuff that I had still from my last apartment in LA to ship it to Chicago. I had been storing some stuff in my brother's basement for probably like two, three years now. And it really needed to go. I did not want to have stuff staying there. One, because I don't want my stuff in multiple different locations. Two, because it was very nice of him and all the people that he lives with to let me keep my stuff there for so long. But it was really time to give them back some of their space there. But then three, and this is really a PSA for anybody that stores stuff in a basement or anything like that. You guys, this is a little bit gross, but I feel like you need to be informed that things can get into these boxes. Maybe you guys already knew that, the potential for creatures to come hang out within your things, but I just didn't really think that it was an actual possibility. So I'm telling you guys now, if you're storing stuff, try not to store it for too long or try to store it in a very effective way or just a secure place that you can guarantee stuff like that won't happen because it was definitely a bit of a rude awakening. I will spare you the details because I don't think you guys really want to know about that, but just thought I would warn you all in case you have random stuff located across the country from you, you've forgotten about it, or you just don't want to deal with it, I think you should just deal with it, figure out what you actually want to keep, what you want to give away, and then ship it to where you are. I used UPS and it was very seamless actually. Also, I didn't know that you could ship suitcases but you absolutely can. And depending on how much that suitcase weighs, it could be more cost-effective to do that than to take it on an airplane with you. Like if it's over 50 pounds, you're already gonna be paying something extra. If it's over 70 pounds, you're definitely gonna be paying something extra. And I think my suitcase was like 76 pounds. So shipping it was definitely the way to go. I'll give you guys an update once all of it gets to me in Chicago. Hopefully it goes seamlessly but I will let you know either way. I'm just happy all my stuff is finally, finally out of LA. It's really such a relief to have just gotten that done. And I wasn't expecting to get it done on this trip, so kind of a happy accident that it all worked out the way that it did. So that was LA. Like I said, I'll tell you the whole story later in this episode. 
but also this week was my dad's birthday, like I told you guys, on Wednesday, and there was an element of surprise to his birthday as well. My mom told him that she was just taking him out to dinner, but instead he also got to see Jersey Boys, which is one of our family's favorite musicals. We all saw it together for the first time years ago, and my mom saw that it was going to be in town in Minnesota at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, which is a really fun experience. You get to dine while you watch. So she took him to that, surprised him with that, and I'm going to be back in Minnesota again very shortly, so we're going to keep the celebrations going once I get there as well. Another huge happy birthday to my dad and my brother. I hope that they enjoyed their birthdays immensely. I've already told you guys this, but I feel like now you can tell with the surprises at hand, with doing big things specifically on a special numbered birthdays, we really get into it, really try to celebrate to the fullest, as I think everyone should. That's really it for what's new with me, so let's get right into the rest of this episode, into what's hot. I have some fun things this week to share. One thing, I didn't really know if I should put it in the what's hot or what's good section, but it was something that we did while we were in LA, and it's an exhibition, and it definitely was good, so could have fallen in the what's good category. But it also sort of feels like a story, because it's a special exhibition. It's in LA for only a little bit longer, so it sounds like something that's hot to me. So I decided to put it here. What I'm talking about is an art exhibit at the Broad, and the exhibit is called Keith Haring, Art is for Everybody. Which for me, first off, was very exciting. One, I did not know that this exhibition was happening in LA. I did not know that it was going on while we were going to be there. And I did not know that my brother would also want to go see it. So all these things were very exciting. It worked out that we were able to get tickets. We were able to go. And it was such a great exhibit. For some background, Keith Haring was one of the first artists that I really gravitated towards. I loved his artwork. I loved that a lot of it felt fun. I loved that he would put little quotation marks on his drawings to symbolize that what he was drawing should be in movement. All of that, the colors, how clearly stylistic it was to him. I really liked it, and I liked it from a really young age. I remember, I think, I don't know, maybe we were like 10 years old or something. It was in lower school when we studied him in art class, and we were supposed to make drawings inspired by Keith Haring. And that was one of my favorite periods in art class. And then past the time of when we were learning about him in school, I remember I would then put those little quotations on so many of my personal drawings to make it so that my artwork would be moving as well. So I really liked him. I liked his style. And then, of course, when you grow up and you hear more about what the artist represents, you hear more about what their art stands for, it becomes increasingly more interesting. But I thought that it was cool that just when I was little, I just simply liked the way things looked, which is kind of cool to then be able to see something like this as an adult and understand the background of it a bit more. So I will give you guys the overview that the Broad gives of the exhibition. Here it is. The Broad presents the first ever museum exhibition in Los Angeles of Keith Haring's expansive body of work and features over 120 artworks and archival materials. Known for his use of vibrant color, energetic line work, and iconic characters like the barking dog and the radiant baby, Herring's work continues to dissolve barriers between art and life and spread joy, all while being rooted in the creative spirit and mission 
of his subway drawings and renowned public murals, Art is for Everybody. Curated by Broad Curator and Exhibition Manager Sarah Lawyer, the exhibition explores both Herring's artistic practice and life, with much of the source material for the exhibition coming from his personal journals. Divided into 10 galleries in total, the expansive exhibition features the breadth of mediums Herring worked within, including video, sculpture, drawing, painting, and graphic works, as well as representations from the artist's enormous outpost of public projects, from the subway drawings to his public murals. Works presented span from the late 1970s, when he was a student at the School of Visual Arts in New York, up until 1988, just two years before the artist died from AIDS-related illness at the age of 31. Following its debut at the Broad, Keith Haring, Artist for Everybody, will travel to the Art Gallery of Ontario in Toronto from November 11, 2023 to March 17, 2024, and to the Walker Art Centre in Minneapolis from April 27 to September 8, 2024. So if you are in LA, this still goes until October 8, 2023, but if you're not in LA, like it said, it's going to be in Toronto as well as Minneapolis. So from my hometown Minnesota people out there, you can see it for yourself at the Walker Arts Center, and I highly recommend. It was a really cool exhibit. It was beautiful, and it was just amazing to see these in person after, like I said, all this time, loving the visual aspect of it, just to actually see those works up close and personal. It's a really cool thing. So if you get a chance, check it out for yourself. Next up for What's Hot is a story that is very interesting and that definitely caught my eye, so I thought maybe you guys would be interested in it too. Switching gears a little bit to a story related to both technology and food. From Hypebeast.com, you can now purchase 3D printed salmon. Loaded with fungi, multivitamins, and none of the actual fish itself, Vienna-based food startup Revo Foods has unveiled the latest addition to its growing collection of vegan seafood. Entitled, quote, The Filet, Revo's Salmonless Salmon Alternative is the first ever 100% vegan fish filet, and it's stock full of proteins and nutritions. Per design boom, Revo, quote, employs its own extrusion technology which allows the 3D printer to integrate fats into a fibrous protein matrix. Using omega-3, all nine essential amino acids, and vitamin A, B2, B3, B6, B12, and D2, the filet sees no sugar, gluten, or cholesterol, and embodies an authentic, meat-like texture due to its mycoprotein. Revo taps food-grade syringes to hold the printing material, as the ingredients are then deposited via food-grade nozzles and layered atop one another before the filament-like matrix is injected with mycoprotein's nutritional values. Revo has shared a slew of videos on its YouTube channel explicating the intricacies of the filet's creation process. Revo Food CEO Robin Simsa says, With the milestone of industrial-scale 3D food printing, we are entering a creative food revolution an era where food is being created according to the customer needs. We are not just creating a vegan alternative, we are shaping the future of food itself. Revo also boosts products including smoked salmon and gavlak salmon, as well as salmon spread and tuna spread. 
The filet is now available for 6.99 euro in Bila Markets and will go live on Revo Foods web store October 1st, 2023. For recipe instructions and more ingredient information, you can visit Revo's website. Okay, so they're giving us the price in euros, so I don't know if this is only in the European market right now, but if you can buy it on the website, I'm sure you can ship it to multiple locations. But regardless, this story in and of itself is such an interesting one. What do we think about 3D printed food? I mean, for the purpose of making it vegan, making it so that it's not actually fish, there definitely is a market for it. And I'd be curious to know the environmental impact of it as well. I'm sure that there definitely is one. So I do understand the perspective of somebody that maybe they weren't always vegan, they loved salmon, they loved other meats, and they want to have an alternative. Honestly, I'm open to trying any foods, so maybe I'll try to get it online and do a taste test for you guys. Or if you guys get a hold of this, let me know what you think. I want to know how it tastes, and I'm sure we are going to see a lot more of this. In many other categories, I know that this isn't the first, but like this article said, it is the first ever 100% vegan fish filet. So whenever there's a first of anything, there's definitely going to be more to follow. I'm going to keep following this story and see what other 3D printed foods we're going to get. Definitely an interesting topic. Maybe a good one to bring up at the dinner table. Alright guys, moving into what's good. I feel like I have talked to you guys about this platform before, but I want to bring it up again because I have been using it so, so much lately, and I've been using it in a new way than I kind of ever have before. Okay, here's what I'm talking about. Pinterest. I understand that Pinterest is not a new app. People have used Pinterest forever. I personally have used Pinterest forever. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I've told you guys that I love Pinterest. And I feel like it has kind of gotten sort of a niche resurgence. Like people have started to use it again more and more. At least I feel that way. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I keep using it more and more. But really what I've realized is that what it is, and maybe why I like it so much and have always kind of liked it so much, is that it is essentially a Tumblr page that you can purchase from. I mean, if you were from the generation that used Tumblr, guilty as charged, I love Tumblr, and I loved it in conjunction with Pinterest. I was using both of them, like, early middle school, but Tumblr was way more, like, aesthetic pictures, things like that. And Pinterest is definitely that, too, but you can actually find things that you want to purchase on there, and you can find those links a lot of times, specifically now on Pinterest, They actually have products that you can purchase from, and it's shown in such an aesthetic way that I feel like it almost makes you more inclined to purchase from Pinterest than if you were just on the company's website looking at those products. There's something about seeing it in a casually curated way rather than just product images that I feel like draws the consumer to it more. At least it draws me to it. And it's funny because I remember that it actually was not very easy to purchase from Pinterest when I first started using it. Like, it was more that if you pinned a product, it would take you to an article page that maybe that product was referenced in, but it wouldn't necessarily link you to where you could purchase that product. For instance, when I went to prom, we got to go to prom all four years for my high school because high school was very, very small. 
So for my freshman year prom, I was looking for these shoes and I found them originally on Pinterest and it didn't have somewhere that I could shop it. It linked me to an article. So then I did a huge deep dive on the internet trying to find these shoes. I wanted them so bad. I finally found one pair in my size on this random website that did not look that legit. But I was like, I have to have these shoes for prom. I need to make it work. So I bought them and I remember they were supposed to come like, I don't know, two weeks after I purchased or something. And they didn't come for legitimately like two or two and a half months. Thank goodness I purchased so far in advance because obviously you're so excited when you're that age to get all dressed up, to look beautiful, all those things. So I was really thinking in advance, but it was a good thing that I did because those shoes took forever to come, but they eventually did. And that was my proudest Pinterest purchase. I remember being so proud of myself that I found it, that I actually got to wear those shoes. It was just a success. So all that to say, I am still using Pinterest years later, but now I feel like I'm using it more as, I guess, inspiration for things that I already own, but also to sort of fulfill the craving of purchasing by just browsing and pinning. Like, there's something about pinning something, categorizing it, having a shoes board, having a fall clothing board, having a nail inspo board, things like that all on your page. That sort of makes it feel like you made a purchase without actually buying anything. So if you guys are in your era of not really wanting to spend so much, trying to figure out ways to shop in your own closet, like I feel like I've been telling myself and you guys for a couple weeks now, then I would definitely suggest going on Pinterest, finding new ways to style stuff that you already have, like maybe even type in an item that you already have, like white puffer vest or something, and then see what comes up on how people have styled something like that, see if you can get some new ideas. I've been loving it if you guys aren't already using it or haven't used it in quite a bit of time. Maybe today's the day. Revisit Pinterest. All right, guys, and last up for what's good, of course, your song. One that I've loved for a while, but wanted to add it to the playlist. So here we go. It is called Sweet Disposition by The Temper Trap. As always, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. And now the time has come to get into Need to Know Basis. And I really wanted to dedicate this episode to talking about the element of surprise. All right, I told you guys that I was going to get into this LA trip that we took this past weekend, and here it is. We're going to get into it because it definitely was a surprise, and I want to share kind of how all of that happened and some tips if you're going to try to surprise somebody yourself. Okay, so first thing, I've surprised people before. I surprised my boyfriend like twice in college for his birthdays, and it definitely is more complicated if you have to fly somewhere to do the surprise, which is something that me and my sister had to do this time. But a top thing that always makes it more helpful and makes everything go more smoothly is if you have somebody helping you that is in the location of the person that you're surprising. So we did that. We had people on the inside helping us out. Also, we were planning to stay at my brother's house, and he lives with some people 
So we wanted to make sure that they knew that we were coming. So it wasn't a complete shock that me, my sister, oh, and by the way, both my boyfriend and my sister's boyfriend also came with us to LA. So putting up four people, adjusting plans to include four more people, it's kind of a bigger deal. Definitely a bigger deal than two people. So we wanted to make sure that people knew that we were coming to help coordinate how we were going to surprise him, where we were going to surprise him. So we ended up being in communication with his girlfriend, who helped us so much. She was able to take him to a dinner with their two friends that was pretty close to the airport, which was kind of necessary because we were getting in pretty late. We got in at like 10 p.m. on Friday, and his house is a bit further away, so we didn't want to have to get in so, so late and surprise him at his house. So instead, we surprised him at a restaurant, and actually, my brother did see my boyfriend for a split second. They made eye contact. So he was like, okay, as soon as I saw him, I knew the whole group was going to be there. But keep in mind, this is all within the span of like five seconds. Like as soon as they made eye contact, we were blasting music on a speaker that I had. We walked up to him and his friends outside. We were singing to him. He saw us. He could not believe it. He was also like, you guys are going to get us kicked out. You're being so loud. But it all worked out. The surprise was successful. He had no idea that we were coming, which in my opinion makes it incredibly successful. But I would say that's just the first step in succeeding. Because the thing is, is that when you surprise somebody, obviously they have not planned for you to be there, which is kind of why you need to have that inside person to help make sure that everything that that person does have planned is not going to be ruined because of your surprise. You know, because that's the worst. Like when somebody has to compromise a lot because of something that you did, when you don't even truly know that they would want that over their original plans. So we tried to integrate ourselves into his existing plans, which is exactly what we did. The next day, we got brunch with him and his friends. We went to the Keith Haring exhibit, like I told you guys. And then we went to a dinner party hosted by two of his friends for the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. It was such a lovely dinner party. They were so nice to include four extra people, which is something that, again, my brother's girlfriend coordinated beforehand, which was so nice because that actually does not always happen. Being able to be integrated into plans that well, that seamlessly, which actually kind of leads me into another tip that if you are going to present this element of surprise... You have to make sure that you don't have any expectations when going there to visit this person if the surprise does entail that. You have to be okay with being able to do your own thing, kind of letting everything fall into place, and if it doesn't fall into place perfectly, that's okay. It's still about the other person, so you kind of just have to go with the flow on all accounts. So yes, we did that. We had a great dinner. It was so much fun, great conversation. And then on Sunday, we went to the Long Beach Flea Market, which was also such a great time. I found some really cute pieces. I found a watch, actually, for 10 bucks that actually worked and is pretty stylistic. I really love it. Also a necklace. It's a really pretty blue color. And this elephant key hanger thing that's really cute. It's little. It's gold. And like I said, it's shaped like an elephant, which what's not to love about that? So it was just really fun to walk around, see what everybody found. Then after that, we went to a pizza slash brewery spot. 
It was really, really good. Then we went to go see a movie, one that my brother had already gotten tickets for. So he was able to get tickets for us for that as well. And then lastly on Sunday, we reigned in his birthday with all of his friends. We had a little party for him. It was so nice. And actually that element of it was also supposed to be a surprise. But this is what I'm saying, that you have to be ready to adjust, to shift things around. Because it became increasingly clear that on Sunday, it was going to be too hard to surprise him with that, with everything else that we had going on. So you've got to be able to adjust accordingly if you do something like this. And then Monday was his actual birthday. And while I had to work on Monday, we were also able to find some time to do something incredibly impactful. My brother's a writer, and as many of you guys probably know, writers in the WGA and actors in SAG are on strike right now. So he took us to the picket line, we were right there beside him. And I don't know, there was something kind of cool about us three siblings doing that together. And on his birthday, which obviously, he does this way more on days that are not his birthday, it's what he's been doing for a really long time now, among the other writers and actors. But it was just cool to be able to experience it with him. And then we got lunch, brought it back home, and then he so graciously drove us all to the airport on his birthday. He insisted, because that's the kind of guy that he is. He also took me to the UPS store so I could finally ship off all my stuff. And yeah, it was just overall a really great time. I feel like we packed in so much in the time that we had there, and I'm so glad that we went. Like I said, we love birthdays, and we are not this extreme for every birthday. It's really just the big ones that I feel like you really have to make sure you're doing something memorable. For my mom's 60th, we did a hiking extravaganza in Northern California. For my dad's 60th, we took a family trip to Mexico. And now for my brother's 30th, we truly surprised him. And honestly, I feel like when you go out and celebrate somebody's birthday, as big as the times that we have, it really becomes one of your favorite memories too, even if it's not your birthday. So for being a part of an immediate family of five, it feels like I get to celebrate all the time. And it's like, even when we're not there, like I'm so excited that my dad was able to have an element of surprise on his birthday too. That there was just something extra special for him that he didn't know about, but we all knew about. You know, a little element of surprise, I think, goes a long way. So if you're able to do it, and I guess you know that the person won't hate it, because I know that some people are not surprise people. But if you're unsure, and again, you're willing to be adaptable, you're willing to not change their plans, to just kind of nicely integrate into them, then maybe go surprise somebody special. In my experience, it has led to some of the best times. So I'll leave you with that. Whether the surprise is big or small, I say go for it. If nothing else, you will have made a lasting memory. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. If you have something or someone to celebrate, sprinkle in an element of surprise. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 